Welcome to the Grief Series. This series is good for anybody on their grief journey or anybody that is supporting somebody that's on their grief journey. Today is episode four. We're going to talk about the do's and don'ts for someone that has died by suicide. So if you're support and you're supporting somebody that is grieving their loved one that died by suicide, or if you're the griever and you're grieving someone that died by suicide, these are like the do's and don'ts. I hope it helps you guys out and then we're going to get started. All right, number one, don't ask how the person died. If the person is willing to be open about that information, accept that, but do not ask them how they passed away unless, you know, you have a certain type of relationship with them and they're okay with, you know, that would be a conversation that would be totally okay because of the relationship that you have for you to ask that question. Absolutely. I don't know what the relationship is between you and that person in general, do not ask how they passed away. Even my brother's fiance, I think I'm the one that asked her if she wanted to know, but I honestly can't remember. For all I know, she asked me how he did it, and that is one person that I'm more than happy to explain what happened to. But I have had people that were just acquaintances have tried to figure out how he died. Sometimes there's this weird unknown, and we are curious, and I I get that with the whole suicide deaths, but it's just... It's, it's disrespectful to try to find out how the person passed away. Regardless, it's a death and it sucks. Um, and it's even, it's even kind of more uncomfortable because it is a suicide. And I get that there's this curiosity, but just do not ask that. Number two, don't ask if there were signs or a note or why the person took their life. For signs, don't ask if there was any type of suspicion that they that the person would die by suicide. Even if there was, allow the griever to express that. And I said I'm kind of back and forth on these because I have no problem answering questions like this. I'm a little bit more opened about it. I have no problem talking about my brother's death. I mean, I'm not going to go sharing with everybody about how he died. But if somebody asked me, you know, was there any suspicions? A dear friend of mine asked me, you know, was there any sign? And I had no problem expressing to her, I got the situation. She had someone that she loved that died by suicide too. And I was being her support. And I had no problem. And she even, you know, I think she even asked me, like, do you mind if I ask you some questions? And I had no problem to let her know. But you don't want to just ask a griever unless you are that close relationship. Again, I'm going to say that. Unless you are in that really close relationship that you have, I guess, the quote-unquote right to ask the griever. But I would just keep it safe and not ask them if there was any signs beforehand because really it doesn't matter if there was signs. It doesn't matter if the person has previously attempted or anything like that. It doesn't take away or make the pain less that the person is grieving their loved one. It doesn't matter because it also is still very difficult for the family that is left behind or the friends that is left behind because their hands are tied. No matter what they have would have done, no matter what they could have said, it wouldn't have stopped the person from doing it. I say it's kind of like with addicts, you know, you could take them to rehab as much as you want, but unless the person wants to change or to get help or to do anything like that, there's really nothing that we can do. And asking if there's signs and even if there was signs, it doesn't help the person that's grieving feel any less shitty it doesn't help them it might actually cause them more guilt like oh gosh there was signs and I didn't see them or there was signs and we tried this and this and this and they're replaying everything that they tried and it still didn't stop the out and even for a note even if there was a note do you have the right to know what was on the note or anything like that and what if there was a note that doesn't change the fact that the person died and that they took their own life 
It doesn't make it any less better. It doesn't, it doesn't heal any part. I am not even sure if it would even have done anything in a positive note if my brother left a note. He didn't. Um, sometimes I wish he did just so he can, I don't know, hear, just so I can maybe see him, his writing say that he loved us or tell us a reason why. But even if the person was to do that, it doesn't make the grieving any less hurtful. And I, again, I get that there is this curiosity because it is a different type of scenario and a different type of death, but just avoid asking about a no or even asking why, you know, do you know why they died? Do you know why they would do this? And a lot of the times we don't, I mean, we could have speculation. We can have, oh, well, because this happened to them and this happened to them and this happened to them. And it's like, in the end, we don't get, we don't, there's no one reason this is why it happened and even if we had the reasonings as to why, it doesn't, it doesn't feel any better to tell somebody why. You know, I can give all the reasons of childhood trauma and alcoholism and damage to his brain and traumatic brain injury. And I can give all of these reasons as to what could have contributed to my brother's suicide. But there is no one reason as like, oh, well, why did he do it? Oh, this happened, and this is why. It's not just a cause and effect, and that just happens. A lot of the times, it's it's bigger than that. It's a it's a snowball effect. It's not just you stubbed your toe and you're like, oh my gosh, the world is horrible. Now I'm gonna go take my life. Like that's just not how it works. So I would just avoid asking about any type of signs that you know they the person noticed a note if there was one written and if they know why the person took their life number three that the person that took their life is not going to go to heaven do not say that i don't care what your religious beliefs are i don't care if it's written in bold letters and it says anybody that dies by suicide is not going to heaven don't tell the griever that it doesn't matter if that's your belief or even if you guys are in the same religion. Um, I've had people that have said that, that, you know, are the same religion as me now. And I had to actually dig into that question that I had, like, does he not? You know, like he found God before he passed. Like, what does this look like? And I mean, ultimately, if we want to bring up that topic is like in general like do we think that if there is this almighty god this omnipotent godly source whatever term you want to put for it do you think he would stop people that don't know how to read scripture in south africa or in small tiny tribes do you think that he would not allow these people to go to heaven because they didn't abide by what the bible exactly says like I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that he would only delegate certain people because we know how to read scripture and we know how to follow certain ways and strive to be better people. Like, I just don't believe that. And we could have a debate about, you know, what would determine the person going to heaven, but just avoid that. You're just going to cause a huge wedge in between your and the other person's relationship by telling them that. And even if that is your belief and you're like, I believe this wholeheartedly, 
keep it to yourself. We don't have to share everything that we believe, regardless if we share the same beliefs as the other person. And if you think that they're wrong, keep it to yourself, especially something as sensitive as someone taking their life. Number four, don't blame or shame the person. People that are already grieving a suicide are already feeling that shame and kind of uncomfortability from other people because suicide can be perceived as such a foreign death, which it, I mean it is. I mean, if we look at what death is, it's an inevitable, it's an inevitable way of life. Like that is part of life is everybody will eventually die. And when somebody rushes the inevitable, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for our human brain to comprehend what the heck just happened. This person rushed the inevitable. It's uncomfortable. And there's judgment that we feel. And when I bring it up to other people, I don't, I don't care about bringing it up. I don't want the stigma. I don't want the judgment anymore because it's such a huge issue that is happening in general in society. I push for ending veteran suicide. But even just suicide in general, it's, it's a huge issue across the world. And everybody acts like it's a foreign topic, like as if it's swept under the rug. And we already feel that pressure and that uncomfortability from everybody else. So try to minimize any type of blame or shame. And if you go to so support somebody, go there with no judgment. Do whatever you possibly can to be the best version of yourself, showing up for them with no judgment. And even along the lines, avoid saying that it's selfish. That's a whole um, topic I think I went over in episode one is that suicide is not a selfish act. Don't tell them that. I know I'm kind of back and forth. I, I've said it before, like, oh yeah, I could look at it as being selfish, but not in a bad way. And that's just me. I could look at it as being a selfish thing and not in a negative manner because my brother lived for 35 years with all the muck and BS that he had in his head that I can't even fathom how shitty he felt. That like, if I walked one day in his shoes, I would probably be like, Okay, I could understand where your head's at. I understand, you know, that I understand. But I am not able to walk in his shoes. And maybe that's just where I'm at in my grief is that I can say that it's selfish. But then I could also say that it's been like selfless that he's been here for 35 years, sticking around for probably everybody else and trying to get better himself. And it just didn't happen. But someone being support, if someone told me that it was selfish, I would be offended. I would be upset. I probably wouldn't go to that person anymore as my support system. And it's just an awful thing to say. Again, we already feel this weird shame and uncomfortability and judgment and just adding on to it and saying that it's selfish. It's not going to be a great situation for you and that griever. All right, number five, don't avoid talking about the person. Talk about them. If the person is comfortable, let me, let me put that out there. If the person is comfortable talking about the person, Talk about them. Ask them about memories. Ask them to tell you something funny or something that they miss, even if it's sad and it makes them cry. Talk about them. Don't just avoid them because we could feel the uncomfortability. We could feel the tiptoeing around the person or tiptoeing around the conversation and how you're trying to be a little bit careful on what you say. But don't avoid talking about them if the person is comfortable talking about them. Some people might be in a place where you say, hey, are you comfortable talking about them? And if they say, I'm not, I don't want to talk about them, I don't want to bring them up, then that there's your answer. So just be honest with them and ask them up front. And then if you can talk about them, absolutely do it. I think it'll be wonders. There was actually a time 
I was talking to my friend and she brought up her loved one that died and she just lit up. And I didn't like ask her a specific question. We were just having a conversation. She brought up a memory and it was just beautiful how much she lit up and the smiles. And it was like she got taken back 10, 15 years prior. I don't know how many years prior, but years prior. And she just was glowing with this joy, even though the person is not here. But it was just so beautiful to witness it that if you can experience it too as support on the outside to see this person light up do it it's amazing and you know what if even if they start crying and they get emotional it's just because they love the person so much and that's just how they're going to express it now because they're not here anymore number six don't tell the person that they can handle it or that they're handling this death well obviously we have to handle it there's nothing else that we can do i mean yes we can crumble so there is that option but for the most part most of us we're handling it we have to we still have to be a spouse we still have to be a parent we still have to be a sibling or whatever title you want to put on it, we still have to be that person. We still have to be the adult that's working or whatever the case is. And so like, yeah, we have to handle it. We have to process and go through this journey, even though we didn't ask for it. We didn't want to. And then even telling them that they're handling it well. Yeah, today, I say that a lot to people is like, yeah, people say, oh gosh, you know, Brie, you're, you seem like you're doing so well with it. And I'm like, yeah, today I am. Who knows how I'll feel tomorrow? Tomorrow I might be in the slums. Tomorrow I might be a little bit more emotional and I might be a little more affected by things. I might hear a song that's just gonna make me cry. You know, like it depends. Like that's how grief is. It's ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster. You don't know what you're gonna get sometimes. And yeah, we might be handling well or we might be thinking that they might see us and be like, oh, they're just handling it so well. It's like, well, we kind of just have to still live life and we still have to keep going on and telling us that we're handling it well sometimes it can be taken as a compliment sometimes I when somebody tells me that I'm like you know I, I feel that too I feel like I'm in a good spot right now but I always do remind them that yeah I'm doing great right now today because I want them to understand that it's not just I'm handling well every single day no I have my days where I'm in more in the slumps I'm thinking about my brother a lot more I'm a lot more sad more sensitive and I don't want people thinking that because I'm handling it well today that I'm handling it well all the time so I don't want that misconception and so I'm just a little bit more honest about that but just try to avoid not telling the griever that they're handling it well there's other ways of saying it tell them that you know you look like you're doing pretty well today and be specific about talking about today or right now so then you're not generalizing it that they're just doing so fantastic and overall. Or even ask them, how do you feel you're doing in your grief? And then let them tell you how they're doing. You know, today I feel good, but yesterday or, you know, I'm feeling this way in the future, you know, things like that. So even opening up the door by asking them questions, that'll be great. That's a great way of supporting them. All right, number seven, at least you have, and then you fill in the blank, at least you have another parent, at least you have another grandparent, at least you have another child, at least you have another sibling. Like, you could fill in the blank, but it doesn't take away the fact that they are they lost that one person. It doesn't matter if they have another whatever person it is, they still lost somebody. And that's not going to make them feel better. And again, I know, I understand as support, you're trying to make them feel a little bit better and make their grief a little bit lighter, but it's not. That's gonna make them feel even worse because, oh, God damn, I should be grateful because I do have this other person. So now I feel guilty for feeling sad about losing that other person 
and then it just becomes a spiral. I would just avoid it because it doesn't matter. They still lost somebody. It doesn't matter how many other people that they have. We, they still lost that person. They still love them. Number eight, that everything happens for a reason. Oh, it's just like some, I feel like that's like one of the most uncomfortable things to say to somebody that has lost somebody to suicide is everything happens for a reason. I would only, I wouldn't even agree with the person, but I know that I can, with my grief is I wouldn't be the person I am today if I did not lose my brother. There's so many things about me that I have created and have become due to the loss of my brother. But I wouldn't say like, oh, this is, this happened because I needed to be this person. No, I became this person out of such tr a traumatic event. And that's, that's just what was the effect of something so unfortunate and something out of my control. But I don't think that it would be like an everything happens for a reason. And even with that philosophy, it's not just a one way everything happens for a reason. That can only apply for certain things. Not every philosophy has to apply to every single situation. I think that's another issue I think that we have in general in society is that we think it's all black and white. And if there's one philosophy, it has to apply to everything. And it doesn't. It doesn't have to apply to everything. So when it comes to death, I wouldn't say to anybody that everything happens for a reason. There's a reason for this. Maybe something grand's going to come from it. Even if something grand is going to come from it, there's been so many beautiful things that have come out of my brother passing, but I would give all of those things up in a heartbeat just to have him physically back here on earth. All right, number nine, don't tell the person about a death by suicide that you've experienced. Let them ask you questions. Don't make it about you. Avoid talking about your stuff. Don't tell them about a suicide note and send them information like that or what you did or don't do any of that because the person that is grieving the loss of their loved one by suicide is only thinking about them. They don't give a shit about your suicide death. They don't give a shit about what you did in grief. Wait for them to ask you. Let them ask you questions or let them know, I'm very sorry for your loss. I had a similar loss when I lost so-and-so by suicide. Keeping it very basic and general that you understand that the grief is different from losing somebody to suicide, you can do that, but don't go into detail about your grief or the way the person did it or what they wrote on their note. Don't do any of that. You're just adding more gunk to their stuff and it's not even anything about their grief. If you're trying to support them, talk about their grief. Don't talk about yours. It's not about you. It's about them. And there's like one example, my friend that lost someone she loved to suicide. I made sure that I wasn't going to bring up my stuff. She knew that I lost my brother to suicide. She was support for me. So it was just ironic that like now I have gone through my grief for a year and a half and now I'm there as support for her to go through a very, very similar type of grief. And she asked me questions. You know, she's the one that said, can I ask you some questions about your brother and his suicide? And I'm like, yes, like ask it because I can relate in many manners. I can't understand fully because we have different types of relationships to our loved one. We all do things differently. We all grieve differently. But I was able to give her my insight or give her information that she was asking for. And I was okay with that. But I wasn't going to be the one to bring it up and say, oh, let me tell you about my grief and when my brother died and all this stuff because they don't want to hear it. 
All right, last one, number 10, that it wasn't a good enough reason, that whatever the reasoning, the person died by suicide, I have had people say that it pretty much wasn't a good enough reason. Clearly in their brain, and I'm gonna say their brain because I'm, my beliefs is very big about the brain activity. There's evidence that shows that if there is damage or anything like that to the neofrontal cortex that could actually lead to suicidal ideation, suicidal tendencies, suicidal thoughts, that kind of have helped me through my grief journey. Understanding that stuff I don't like to say, you might hear me say like, oh, he chose to do this, but my belief isn't that he physically as my brother was like, I'm just gonna make this choice. No, I think that there is some type of issue in the brain, like mental health, obviously, in the brain that is not a proper connection because when we're properly connected, we wouldn't want to take our own life. And that stuff can be caused by stress or trauma or damage, anything like that. And so my point of it, all of that is that the person, whatever reasoning that they had to take their life, that their brain took it as a good enough reason that it needed to end in order to be okay. And like our brain is there to like keep us safe. And the brain will tell us things. The brain can trick us. The brain can lie to us. And it's kind of difficult to kind of to I guess even explain how we're not our brain sometimes like our brain can do things that we don't actually want to do because it's just the connectivity in there and back to my point is that don't tell the person that it wasn't a good enough reason it may not be a good enough reason for you it may not be justified for you whatever the relationship is between you and that loved one but don't tell anybody else that it doesn't matter because they are not going to agree with you. It doesn't matter the reason because it was justified and it happened. It happened and there's no taking it back. And just because you don't agree with it and it's not justified for you, don't express that to somebody else. It's very hurtful and it'll just sever a relationship. It could cause so much issues. And that's not, I'm sure that's not what you're trying to do, especially as support. I know you're trying to be support and saying something like that, regardless how you feel, bite your tongue and hold it back talking about the brain activity and the neofrontal cortex and if that's damaged and things like that that actually leads me to another I guess a special number 11 don't is I've done that where I've explained that and people are going to get offended or they might get upset they may not want to hear that so if you're mad at me and you want to share in the comments go ahead but don't tell somebody that stuff to try to make them feel better I wasn't trying to this is my own doing. I wasn't trying to like make somebody feel better, but I expressed that like, this is how I think. And this is what I believe because um, based on the information, when I started digging into mental health and like what can lead to it, because I know my brother had alcoholism, which totally damages the brain. I know he had a huge car accident, which had traumatic brain injury. Like he used to say, I don't want to get my brain scanned or checked out because I know it's fucked up. And Add that stuff with childhood trauma and other military trauma and, you know, add all of this shit on there. Like, of course, there's going to be probably holes in the brain. I never got a, you know, he never got his brain scanned, but there's going to be damage to the brain and even just stress. Like if, if you guys ever heard of like neuroplasticity, like your brain could actually change for the good and for the bad. So from stress, I've had somebody mention that Oh, they, they thought that their person 
was just under a lot of stress and that's why they took their life. And even stress, I'm not saying this is the reason why, so don't start yelling at me in the comments, but even stress could cause the brain to change even on the neurofrontal cortex. And I'm not saying I have all the answers, I don't, but this is just from information that I've learned and that it actually has helped me understand possibly, you know, how my brother's brain was functioning. And it makes me feel a little bit better because I have, uh, to me, it's kind of like having a little, a tiny little piece of an answer because we're never gonna have the answer. But I was explaining to somebody about the brain and like neuroplasticity and how it can change for the worse and like all this stuff. And they didn't tell me they were mad at me, but they seemed kind of upset after I said that. So I would just say, don't take my information about neuroplasticity unless somebody is open to hear it. You're like, hey, I found some really good information. Look it up yourselves. I don't know everything, so I might be butchering it. So go look it up. Go check out actual scientific articles all about that. Um, and if somebody is open to hearing about that, explain to them. Maybe it will help them. Or maybe you are the griever and you're like, oh, I'm going to start looking into that. Fantastic. Um, but I wouldn't go telling somebody that's grieving like, oh, no, their brain just wasn't wired properly. And that's why. Because I totally probably offended somebody, even though I am grieving the same type of death that they were. Um, it just isn't something that I would recommend telling somebody. But thanks for joining me for the 1 through 10 do's and don'ts for grieving a suicide death. I hope you guys stick around for other episodes and then we'll see you guys next time.